0: What it do, what it do? It's your girl Jess, Jess Be Real, and welcome back for another episode of Jess Be Real Podcast. Today I have the realest, my good brother, Anthony Penny, but enough of me chatting. Let's get real all right we got my good brother my my little big brother ap on here mr penny you know anthony you know on this podcast before anything i just want y'all to know this is a disclaimer without this man planting the seed of a podcast in my head three years ago there will be there would have been no just be real podcast so i just wanted to let y'all know that i need to thank this man because all y'all gave me this great feedback if it wasn't for him I probably would still be chatting on, on Instagram, honestly, truly. So, y'all can thank him later for that, okay? But it's my brother, AP. AP, let the people know who you are.
1: What's going on, everybody? My name is Anthony. I'm from Jersey. I also by way of Philadelphia. Went to Howard University, HBCU grad. Uh, got my degree in finance, and I'm residing out in Texas now.
0: Hey. <laughs> he a bison so you know every all the bisons is going up right now because of kamala harris so you know y'all y'all going heavy in the paint right That's now
1: a proud moment.
0: you know That's y'all going
1: moment right heavy now in, in our history not not only just that but uh the boy maker that we got for basketball he was a top 20 um high school recruit yes and he changed college, and he elected Mm-hmm. Change to h2
0: hbcu he chose to be a bison crazy because my little cousin is out there he's a bison right now and he started a couple years ago and then i just had one of my sorors go to hu law so she started that program this week and just got inducted Uh-oh. so i'm like oh it's a lot of y'all bisons around me uh-huh. good gracious oh gosh
1: <laughs>
0: y'all just flooding the world <laughs> aren't you
1: as, as long as there's more bison and hornet connections,
0: we all good, bro. you know, bison's and hornets, there's nothing but love. Now, when you come to the hornets and the bears, which is Morgan, we got a whole nother problem. You know, those are our rivals. We don't be seeing head to head like that, you know. But, you know, to me, no shade to nobody. But the real HU, because there's a lot of them in my family, is Howard. I don't know about where Hampton got that idea from. Y'all pirates got to go take a seat and ship y'all, y'all sell y'all ship elsewhere. But the real H.U. is Howard. So in case y'all didn't know, and I ain't go to neither school. So that's not even, you know, no type of bias. It's just, yeah, I mean, you can't compare. You got, you know, Hampton, Howard. Yeah, they kind of don't even fall on the same plane. But, you know, that's just my personal opinion. You know, that's just me. That's just me. Let them know. (laughs) That's just me. That's just me. So, you said you're in Texas, you know, by the way, Jersey Tri-State area. So, I'll give you a little background. Uh, me and Anthony met, we were work, both working at Apple. Um, I told y'all before, I was working two jobs at once, you know, given we were both in Delaware, you know, we have, both have degrees in business because he did finance, I did accounting. Delaware don't be trying to pay you your real worth. And, you know, us being f- fiscally responsible was trying to cut down on debt. So we was like, you know, we both just got, you know, second jobs like a job to cut down on debt. Like, it was just fun. Like, we didn't need it. But it was just better to kind of just be a little bit better, get our, you know, financial stability a little bit, a little more and want to act right. So we worked at Apple. We always ended up doing closing shifts because we worked during the day. So there was no way for us to be there at 830 um, weekends. They sucked Anthony into the, the the portal of uh working weekends like all day, like nine and a half, ten hour days. Um, until so he was got hit to my little secret. And I'm like, nah, I only do five hours. Y'all want 10 hours, y'all want weekends, right? So I'm gonna give y'all five hours Saturday, five hours, Sunday, and then that's it. And he was like, Yo, sis, you right, I'm gonna change my schedule too. So once he started getting hit, people started getting hit to me, that's when they had to try to change the policy, but I don't care. Cause I'm like, nah, I need so you still need time for yourself. So we met at Apple and literally we met off the strength of music. Like when you close, we would have them dag on home speakers bumping at night. Like had the whole Apple going up. And AP was one of them people who had the, the same, you know, he has a palette in music like me. It's really eclectic. Make sure I go check out his, um, his playlist too, sampled. That joint fire. We he, we we've been building that for three years. We we keep adding on, but that oh, joint yes. fire. Past meets present. Y'all gotta check that out. But definitely, and ever since then, like you know how you meet people, and then you're like, well, keep in contact, and you really don't keep in contact. Like there's a plenty of people I met at Apple. It was oh, I'm gonna keep in contact, but. Anthony was the only person I literally really kept in contact with. So it's been a blessing these last, and I can't crazy, I think it's been three years. It's been a blessing these last three years, years to have my bro and like, and it's not on no crazy like, oh, that's just my bro. Cause we homies like, he literally be pray together. He looks out. He sends me inspirational quotes. Like he's motivated, like he's a true good brother. He's single too, ladies. So y'all might want to snatch him up you don't know how many uh, there's not that many gooders out there in the world, you know, financially responsible. You know, he doing his diagonal thing is naive, so you know, if y'all want, he'll he'll give he'll drop his he'll drop his handle later on the thing for y'all to find him. But you know, he available, but he's really good people. You know, being we're both from tri-state area, hustlers, HBCU grads. You already know the story, but I don't know if there's anything I left out, and you know, just giving people a little background.
1: I uh, I just want to say that. For me to be on your podcast and to, uh, to see everything that we spoke about coming to fruition is, is a joy um, to see your journey, not just from when we first met at Apple, but, you know, to see how you've grown in your career, to see how you made that leap of faith to move to North Carolina and, and me moving to Texas. And now to see this podcast, you know, in full effect, it's, it's just amazing. Um I told you, you know, not too long ago when the BET Awards came up.
0: Oh, I cried. What's was the host I cried. of
1: that show, and I said, that's going to be you one day, sis. I said, that's going to be you oh. one day, so keep doing your thing. Uh, I'm <sighs> extremely proud of you, and you know, you got my support 100%, whatever you decide to go forth with, but
0: definitely very very proud of you yes thanks bro i want y'all to know anthony really had me crying when the BET awards are hosted because you know it was virtual and amanda seals my girl y'all know that's my girl was um the host and we everybody knows if you don't know then you're crazy how much i love me some amanda seals just like how i love me some rhapsody (laughs) i love me some selena i love me some demetri mckinney y'all know my peoples because i post them all the time but like he told me, he was like, I can see you doing this. I was like, Oh and I literally was at my homeboy's house crying. He was like, What's wrong with you? I'm like, I'm fine. Don't worry about me. I'm just okay, you know. It's just, you know? I had something in my eye or whatever, you know, something a little slight I think I had a lash. But nah. It really makes it, it means a lot, especially even to y'all as supporters. For y'all who have been pouring into me the positivity, the motivation, the kind words, the great feedback, even if it's constructive, even if it was negative, it hasn't been much of that at all. But I'm just grateful for all of y'all's support. I'm I'm going to keep trying to flourish with this podcast as much as possible. Um, hopefully, y'all have, I'm, I'm giving you guys what you're expecting of me, even if you're not. I mean, I'm probably giving y'all more than y'all want, honestly. But I'm just grateful for the support system, for y'all always tapping in, tuning in, and staying with me week after week and we're about to wrap up season one next week which is so crazy but yeah season one's about to wrap up soon so and by the time y'all hear this y'all probably is gonna be past season one but it don't matter it's the principle y'all still get the message so i appreciate you bro but i had to have you on here it was only right it was only right to have my bro on here because you are pivotal to the creation of this brand of just be real so I had to get you on here for this for this episode called Black Boy Joy because we don't get to talk about our black men enough and give them enough credit for the ones who are doing right. They always wanna be co quick to shadow everything else. And they be like, Oh, you know, black boys, yeah, whatever, but they never give the credit where it's due. So I had to get you on here because like I said, you one of the gooders. So what is black boy joy to you?
1: Black boy joy to me is just being able to unapologetically express yourself in any way that you see fit. Um, Loving your blackness despite the challenges that you may face on a day-to-day basis. Uh, Your melanin, you know, what and where you came from. Um, You know, anything about, you know, just being pro-black. Sometimes people just don't embrace it and be their, uh, their authentic self. So I feel like, you know, you should be able to express yourself in any way. Um, that you see fit no matter what.
0: And I and I totally agree with you on that. And I'm going to say that because I know everybody who might not know, my first episode was called Don't Die a Queen for this whole, for my inaugural episode. And um, that was when I had my Soror Chanel Dillon on. And I was speaking how with black women, they try to box us in. But I feel even with the black man, it might be even more of a box in because there's a certain, I want to say, a certain, I don't even know, try to find the word.
1: There's a certain uh, standard that that we have to be held to um, as black men and women, Uh, we have to hold ourselves to a certain standard. So, and, you know, I like, I know for myself, you know, just growing up, you know, as a black man, uh, you know, I'm one of three, I had two younger brothers and my father never exhibited, you know, vulnerability or anything like that. So. I feel like, you know, as a black man, like, you know, we always kind of show like our, our rough exterior um, and you know, we're not really as vulnerable as we should be um, or just exhibiting feelings of joy um, in moments when, you know, we are uh, making big strides in our lives. So black boy joy should be something that is celebrated every day as, a, as if it's a part of our lifestyle.
0: And I think that's that's crucial because and I think the reason why it was pivotal for me to have Black Boy Joy as an episode, because I don't know if you've ever seen the video of um, the little homie from Black-ish with his dad. And they did the whole optimistic, you know, kid and play kind of thing. And it was just him and his dad outside. It's like a few years back, just dancing and enjoying themselves and doing a little synchronized dance. And I just think that was so crucial to see. Especially I think it was a time where it was so much I think it was even still even now what we're going through with this whole police brutality. It was just cool to just see two black men embrace each other love each other in a safe space. And just let the the world know, like, hey, be optimistic. Like, don't let the world define your happiness. Don't let the world stop you, Black boy. If you want to go ahead and show your joy, show your joy. And I think that's crucial that you said that your dad, you know, never really showed, you know, vulnerability, which I feel is key for a lot of Black men to have that opportunity to just be vulnerable because I feel as us Black women, we expect so much of the Black man and want him to be vulnerable. But you have to think about, again, it's transgenerational. If you're not able to break the cycle and be the prototype how much can you really expect for that black man to give you but what he's been taught and understands so you have to make yourself comfortable enough as a black woman to not always feel like you got to be the hardcore i'm gonna play the man i'm gonna play the woman type role given that's what your mom made have showed you because i know i grew up in a single woman household it was just me my grandmother my mother and my dad wasn't physically active but financially there. And it was like, he could only be the best dad he could be because his dad wasn't active in his life and he was adopted. So it was like, I can never hold that against him because you only did the best you could do. But at the same token, you have to be mindful. Like, you want a man to be a man. Don't demasculate his manhood and try to understand his perspective of why he is the way he is. I agree 100%,
1: sis. Um, Masculinity and... Black culture and the Black community uh, is something that is very evident, uh, for sure. Um, But when it comes to, you know, men just being, uh, I guess, emotional beings, Black men, we we don't show that vulnerable side. So my message to all Black men out there is, you know, to be more in tune with your families. Um, It's okay to cry. It's okay to, you know, um, be more empathetic. Or, you know, to be more sympathetic. Um, you know, those are the things that I think, you know, as we grow, you know, allows us to be better men uh, in society. So,
0: And it's crucial, too, because think about it. A lot of black men, and I think what's honestly, and you can, you can tell me and chime in on this. I think for black men, what's really starting to be a pivotal thing where I feel I'm seeing black men get more in tune with their emotional side is they're having daughters. And their daughters are pretty much bringing out that vulnerable side. Like, you know, daddy's your first love. I know what my dad didn't do for me. I know what my dad did. And I know what I like my dad do, see my dad do. And I know what I didn't like to see my dad do. But I feel like having daughters kind of softens. I have been softening black men up. Um, I even seen a clip from a black gentleman who happens to be a part of my, uh, my, uh, my Friday Omega, the Fright Omega sci fi, where he was holding his daughter and pretty much giving a background like, yeah, fatherhood's cool, but it's not easy. But don't let that happiness define you because you want that baby like, oh, I can't wait to have one. But be ready for those struggles as well, because trust me, your daughter's watching you. And I think that's key, because like you said, you're one of three. You know, you got three boys. My dad got three girls, so he a girl dad. So it's like he got a soft spot, even when he didn't expect it. Like, yeah, you have daughters. So like we kind of softened him up. He was like, as much as you want his sons. God was like, nah, you need some little bit of a little bit of fluff in your life. Given it might have skipped oh, yeah. me and, you know, my middle sister, my oldest one, more, to, my oldest sister more to cry baby the crybaby and the complainer. But like my middle sister in the middle where she's like on, I'm gonna be a little tough, but I'll be vulnerable. And I'm more of the ah, I'm more of a thug life, like you can just call me your son because I'm not getting on that emotional stuff with you, bro. <laughs> like, so it's like it all depends. But I feel like it's key because a lot of daughters are what I feel are bringing, you know, black men out of this hard shell where they got to just be 24-7. Huh, I'm rough, I'm tough, I got it, I don't need nothing. But it's okay, because like they say, men cry in the dark, but why do they have to cry in the dark? Why can't they just cry in the open just like how women can cry in the open? Like, why is there a double standard? I've never understood that.
1: There should never be a double standard in that. I mean, and you really just look at, you know, uh, what we've endured in 2020. Um, you know, before, before the pandemic, you know, we unfortunately had the passing of uh, Kobe Bean, um, and, you know, with the passing of him, and, you know, especially with the passing of his daughter, you know, Gigi, he had all girls, you know, you look at Kobe on the court, um, you know, ruthless, you know, he had that mommy mentality. he was going to do any and everything to make sure that, you know, he took the souls out of players and, you know, uh, accomplish what he wanted to accomplish, which was to be, you know, the greatest player you know, and in the time in which he played, um, you know, considerably, I would say the closest thing to Mike, Um, but that's for another day, (laughs) um, you know, I I definitely feel like, you know, when I looked at him off the court, you know, he was at peace. He didn't have to be, you know, um, that, that guy that was constantly, you know, trying to literally like rip your heart out right Um, you know he he was simply just a a father a husband um you know and when he was with his daughter Gigi, that was the one daughter you know that was able to you know uh carry his legacy exactly and you know to to see you know what had transpired in that i think you know with a lot of us black men you know watching basketball and you know having grown up with kobe in our dna um, you know that definitely softened the hearts of all of us uh, whether you had a daughter or not um you know whether you are um you know a, a husband a father um it doesn't matter i think that softened all of us so um i definitely say you know message again to everybody um all black men out there you know be in tune with yourself um, and your feelings it's okay to be you know a little bit more emotional than yeah we were raised to be
0: and I think, too, also, like, Kobe was a heavy hit where that was like, I feel like that was the indicator for what 2020 was about to bring. We just didn't know it. <laughs> because I feel like once you lost Kobe and that was, like, January, it ain't nothing been right since. Ain't nothing been right
1: since. It's, it's you every month.
0: We in August, and we still in the pandemic. Mind you, it started a whole five months ago. We about to go right back into the cold season when it started, and yet and still ain't nothing, ain't nothing fixed yet. So it's like I feel like 2020 and I feel like maybe and I, I feel like Kobe might have been a martyr for us to really open our eyes as a community to see what we have and appreciate it, how much we have it and understand the logic of black love, black family. And just understand that literally, like I say all the time, Amanda still says it constantly, but I know I probably say it where people are like, oh my God, here you go. But we are each other's business. Like if you see a black man and you know him well enough, and I think it's fortunate for me that I have a lot of male friends, I'm able to get the male perspective and we're able to have dialogues. Like you and I have had several dialogues like like this on a regular basis where we're just talking and it's like you get to have a little bit of insight because sometimes black men don't get that opportunity to voice what's really going on. They don't get to say and have their emotions because, like, you could talk to your boys, but your boys going to be looking at you like, this ain't no hen session. Like, we're not about to be talking about feelings and shit. Like, go to a therapist. But it's like, right, sometimes, right. <laughs> it's like, well, you my boy. I can't be vulnerable with my homie? Like, bro. Like, what's good?
1: I, I think, I think again, as as you mature as a man, you know, you see one, your circle gets smaller and you're able to realize, you know, when... As a woman, too. When, as a woman, too. <laughs> absolutely. And you, you realize, you know, that you can be able to freely express yourself, um, again, in any way that you see fit, whether it's with your homie, whether it's with, you know, um, your, your female friend, uh, whether it's with your girlfriend, uh, your mother, your, your father, don't matter who, uh, you're, you're, again, more into uh with yourself as an individual you're know, more in uh, tune with yourself uh, in terms of you know what you define as masculinity and you know the fact that you are okay with being more vulnerable so
0: yeah that's facts and I think also for us and I think I could say for you when I just knew like well you've always been a vocal person in general cause you know that's just you Absolutely. that's just the, oh. just the cancer in you <laughs> like that's just the gang the to the gang in you period but I think when I seen you most vulnerable had to be when you the loss of your grandmother I think that was what something yeah. that hit you super hard and I think because I was able to empathize cause I wasn't I had just ex- I was still in the process of processing my own even though at that time it was like three, four years later, it's like the bond and see the bond that y'all had and how much you valued that bond and how much she influenced you to be the man you are. It was just like, yo, that's deep, but you're not going to get that from most males. who, like you said, aren't grown men and mature enough to understand it's okay if you're not okay.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. That was, and you were there with me through it all. So I can't, I can't thank you enough for that. Um, That was definitely a trying time in my life. But um, you know that my grandmother and my mother, those are are my worlds. Um, And, you know, I took care of my grandmother just like she took care of me for three years. And, you know, I think the hardest thing was actually accepting, you know, um, my one, accepting, you know, her passing, of course, but being able to move on. Um, Yeah. You know, that, that's that's the hard part. It's, you know, we all know that, you know, our time will come when God calls on us and calls our name. But, you know, as much as I knew that my grandmother was not in in, in great health um, and that her time was near, you know, you can never prepare for that moment. Like you moment damn
0: sure can. And see it, you know,
1: um, up close and personal. I have gotten those calls where, you know, one of my homies, you know, had been killed. I remember my cousin You know, he he got shot Um, and it's one thing to get a call to say, hey, you've lost a loved one. Um, But it's another thing to see a loved one take their last breath um, and hold their hand in the process. And, um, you know, like I said earlier, my mom and my grandmother, you know, those, um, you know, those are my worlds. You know, they're so influential uh, to me. Not that my father hasn't been, but, you know, in that moment where my grandmother had taken her last breath, you know, I told you I was on one side of the bed. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom was on the other side of the bed. So, uh, you know, God works in mysterious ways in terms of you know how that moment came together, where you know I was able to um, you know see my grandmother rest in peace truly, um, but you know also in that I can share that with my mother uh, for a lifetime.
0: That was deep. That was that's definitely deep. But I'm I'm sure she is super proud of you i already know that yeah. she's super proud of you her and my grandma probably up there talking now like y'all see what they doing yeah we down here doing it or whatever we down here we doing yeah. it we try we're gonna take you out legacy we got y'all we not gonna disappoint you know we got you that's right we got you that's right um but when do you feel like the term black boy joy really like flourished in its highest extent like because you've heard the term before like black boy joy it's been a hashtag but i feel like now it's more so of a movement like when do you feel like it kind of became like a hey that's black boy joy and it was a a thing to say but it was like it really was something where it uplifted you to feel like damn i'm proud to be a black man
1: um i mean let me let me start by saying that i feel you know again as black men we don't let ourselves express the joy in the ways that we should um, because we, you know, are so masculine or we want to have this rough exterior. Um, so, one, I appreciate the opportunity for me to do this. Um, but I feel that like Black Boy Joy, for me, flourished when, you know, I graduated in college despite all the hardships that I went through. I think anybody, you know, knows that, you know, going to an HBCU is an honor and a privilege. Um, Heck yeah. You know, to be around other, you know, Black Educated, liberated, you know, uh, individuals. Um, but, you know, HBCUs is it's not an easy journey. Um, it's not an easy journey in terms of, um, you know, uh, the finances and, um, you know. Say that again. <laughs> listen, um, I didn't, I didn't see, you know, things go south quick. Uh, whereas, you know, if you were to go to, you know, a white school, Ivy League school, there's just certain things that you wouldn't have to endure that you wouldn't endure at an HBCU. A.K.A. financial
0: aid.
1: Um, financial aid. Agreed. <laughs> so, you know, um, like I know my, like my, in, my initial concentration um, study was civil engineering. And, you know, after my second year, we lost our accreditation, uh, particularly in that, in that uh, study. So I had to make a choice. Um, as to whether I stay with this major and hope for the accreditation you know, to be restored or do I switch my major and go on to something else? And ultimately I switched my finance uh, I, I switched to the finance major. Um, but um, you know it was important to me that you know I was a, a, as a black man, you know that this is appreciated and that I'm you know, more understood. So when I graduated on Mother's Day, of 2012 um, I felt like a king, um, and you know I felt um, you know like I was talented you know I know um, at church you always used to say you know young gifted and all that and you know I-, I felt that I truly felt that um, I think that was a moment where I truly you know um, exhibited that black boy joy you know to my fullest extent because I was able to express, you know, um, just all types of emotion from, you know, everything I had to go through, um, not only uh, in that transition of me changing my majors, but, um, you know, I had definitely been through, you know, some struggles along the way in life. Um, But, you know, I learned a lot about myself. And, you know, to be able to share that with my family, to be able to share that with friends that... You know, went through similar struggles like that, um, and you know, for all that to, you know, um, be celebrated, um, you know, on Mother's Day, you know, a day where you know, um, a woman, you know, has brought you into this world, you know, my mother, I, I couldn't ask for more. Um, I was, I was elated. There were so many feelings that were going through my. And mind, I bet you, she
0: was elated herself, probably crying tears of joy herself.
1: Oh, yeah. Absolutely. There's a joy. Uh, my grandmother was there in that moment. And, you know, for my brothers, unfortunately, you know, my grandmother had, you know, passed before, you know, they graduated. So, you know, for me to be able to have that moment in my life where my grandmother was able to see me graduate um, was important. Um, I was the only, you know, one in my family um, to go to HBC as well.
0: Wow. And,
1: my my mother she went to um temple um and you know i and then my father he went to villanova so you know me going to hbcu uh, my brothers both going to the south you know that was you know monumental for me as well um so that was definitely a joyous moment well, so
0: you and, was breaking like, family barriers and stuff
1: absolutely absolutely that that's a proud moment you know, that I
0: always carry with myself for the rest of my life. So being that you're in corporate and having just recently moved to Texas, what has been the biggest challenge in the transition? Because, you know, we were in Delaware. Delaware ain't much but nothing but a high, skip, ain't and a jump. in
1: Delaware, but, but no sales tax. Okay. And <laughs> okay,
0: and that's about it. And no, Christian animals is where we used to work. So clearly it. ain't much about that in there either.
1: No, clearly. <laughs> but, uh, it's, it's definitely been uh, a challenge for sure. I think, you know, from a corporate perspective, um, it's been reestablishing a network of trusted colleagues and, you know, finding a new mentor and a sponsor, you know, for, you know, me to be able to grow in my career. Um, but for Texas in general, it's simply been recreating, you know, all that I did over my, you know, 32 years, um, you know, of life back home in jersey and philly you know a church home friendships having a plug or a connection at certain spots
0: y'all heard him say that a church home a god-fearing <laughs> man right there a god-fearing man
1: yes you gotta have that and, and even in that process you know i've been you know i've been patient um i, I think you know churches out here they're they're mega churches
0: mm-hmm. same out here in charlotte
1: you know, yeah, it's, it's it's vastly different from the Northeast. Heck and, yeah! You know, um I grew up in a small, you know, church home where everybody knew you by name. Okay. And, you know,
0: and they knew your grandmama and your family.
1: There. Absolutely, they knew everybody. So it's it's definitely different. Um, I think you know I've been in the process of you know dating churches and whatnot, and just finding which one really aligns to me the most, the one that allows me to connect with God um, the most and be in relationship with Him. And, you know, once I find that, I think, you know, um, that'll, you know, be monumental for me over here, Um, you know, being new to the South and everything. um, I I think for me, it's always been about praise and worship. So um, praise and worship has always been my thing. You know, I grew up in a Baptist church, so you know, you got to you know you gotta have the choir you gotta have you know the drums um, you know you gotta have the hymns all that
0: this is all because and this is also part of you being a music head too so that's not even play. like yeah. you ain't that ain't part of the yeah. reason too yeah
1: uh-huh. that's definitely part of the reason as well so but those are it's definitely been some challenges for sure um and still learning the culture out here you know the culture what in the south is
0: listen it's definitely different you know i try to stay behind they don't like us too they don't take to us too kindly
1: no not as much but i i'm i'm incorporating myself you know little by little and adjusting um like you know just going out and and having fun um you know seeking entertainment it's it's different i feel like over here it's more about you know day parties brunches and stuff like that um
0: that's because we get getting old. We want to be in bed by 10. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I can't hang like I used to. <laughs> but, like, on
1: the, on the East Coast, it's, it's more about, you know, that club lounge, like, you know. Vibes. Um, it's definitely that type of a vibe back home. So, but it's different over here, um, for sure.
0: Yeah, the South is different. I could say it's, it's, like, I'm on the same page with you with, like, the transition, like, you know, being a New Yorker and coming to South Carolina, not South Carolina, North Carolina and being in the South, it's a whole different pace. Not even the fact of pace of life, but like the way of living, the culture, like you said, it's mega churches, like mega churches are major down here. Up north is more so of a close knit niche type of environment where it's a kind of like a one to many but not one to vast kind of situation. So it's like, it's not that much of a one-on-one attention. And it, for me, I've had the same struggle trying to find a church home, but I'm not rushing the process. But like you said, praise and worship or constantly reminding myself or, you know, doing my daily devotions and, you know what I'm saying? Not forgetting my roots because like you said, you know, it's about the drums. Y'all y'all don't know, but I play like seven different instruments, drums being one, piano. I sing, those who don't know I sing, but I sing, yes, I got a little little vocal, okay, Um, but I used to, you know, direct the children's choir, direct the church choir, was a part of praise dance, was a part of junior usher ministry, you know, being a kid that was literally born and raised in the church, because my uncle, may he rest in peace, was a pastor, my grandmother was a Southern Baptist, born in 1920, them same religious beliefs she got in from pendleton south carolina she definitely made sure she brought us to new york and made sure we're instilled in me to understand the importance of working circum- walking circumspectly with god no matter where you go that the church is within you you are the church so you don't have to be in a physical building in order to still praise and understand where you came from and how far you coming because whatever you got right now is not just by luck it's by grace And as long as you constantly remember that and know where your faith comes from, and that's what, like you said, what we did when we both left Delaware off by faith, the faith of substance the things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen, we both didn't know we was walking into when you went to Texas. You knew that's where you wanted to be. Like, I knew I wanted to be in North Carolina. But we didn't know, we didn't think about what other aspects of what could go wrong or wasn't going wrong. It was, well, God put this on my heart where I need to be and I'm going to go where I need to be. And I trust him. Because I've met him halfway to do my work to go ahead and get my will done to be like, hey, this is where I'm going to be at. But I think that's crucial because it's not many people I can have that. You know, me and you have those conversations regularly. It's not many people I can have that conversation with where they're like, oh, Jess, you're this. I'm like, yeah, but don't forget, like, I may, I may cuss a couple times. Guys still know my heart, but y'all know I was raised in where my my roots are in the church. I was in the church two two weeks old. My mother had me in the church and been like that ever since. So I don't forget where I came from. And I think sometimes in our generation, we kind of forget what built us and our principles and our morals and because we're just trying to conform so much to the patterns of this world. I ain't going to preach on this good here Sunday but uh, I'm just going to say what it is. We try to conform <laughs> to what society wants us to be rather than knowing what our grandmothers and ancestors and grandfathers and our pastors and our villages have taught us to be.
1: Yes, yes. You, I, I don't know if I could have said it any better. You know, I, I definitely feel like me being raised in a church home, you know, me knowing, you know, where I came from, um, you know, who I am as a person, um, you know, how I ultimately, uh, you know, grow in faith and, and relationship. Like I told you, you know, when I was, uh, visiting Texas, you know, my boy, uh, was recruiting me, uh, nonstop. And, you know, with each and every visit as my stay got longer and longer, I was you know, God was sending more affirmations yep. in my way to say, This is what I want you to do. Um, just follow my lead and walk by faith last sight. and you know, I've stuck to that ever since I haven't looked back. There's no regret in my decision of moving here to the south. Okay. You know, have I have I lost a lot in the in sense of, you know, what I already had as a foundation back at home, of course, but you know, that's I think that's the beauty of life where, you know, you can be in different areas and you can always, you know, have a different influence on where we wherever you may go. Um, and for me, I think the South has kind of it's it's made me more humble um, for sure. Uh, I, I don't feel like I, I was as humble as I should have been. You know, Ooh,
0: you better like, oh, say that.
1: But, you know, now it's like, and I'm looking directly at one of the, um, you know, pieces of art that I had, I bought a canvas and it says, stay humble, hustle hard. Um, You know, that's kind of like my my mantra what I go by, you know, every day, um, because, you know, life isn't easy out here. um, And it definitely isn't easy as a black man or woman. So, um, you know, seeing my progression, my growth, and being able to reflect on you know where I've come from.
0: Ooh, you better you know, say that. Ooh, because you look, I, I felt the spirit on that statement. I literally got chills. Okay.
1: Yeah, it's 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 a lot of it's a lot of joy that comes from that. Um, you, you know where you know all the struggles that I've been through and the sacrifices that I've made. Oh yes. So, um, you know this is definitely. Um, you know it's it's a moment in my life where. You know, it's, it's new adventures, uh, new beginnings, but at the same time, um, it's it's my ability to evolve um, and, and grow into the man that God wants me to be. You know, you can't be content in this world. You got to continue to strive to be better.
0: Hey, um, you better say that.
1: And understand that, you know, um, life isn't just going to... Life isn't just gonna, you know, flow freely. You know, you're gonna you're gonna hit some bumps and roads and again, as you stated earlier, if it's not for the grace of God, you know, I would not be where I'm at right now, for sure.
0: And that's a fact. And that's a big fact. And I think for me, my my daily reminder is my favorite scripture. And everybody's like, Well, what's your favorite scripture? I'm like Proverbs thirty one thirty. Pride is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who f- fears the Lord she shall be praised. Uh, and as long as I continue to have the fear that I have of God, of knowing that I can't make it without Him, especially and you know some of my struggles too as well with like dealing with my homegirl suicide, and this year has been constant death back to back from losing my uncle who was a pastor who was was a major major influence on my life, um pretty much loved, showed me what I would want in a God fearing man, which is why I probably haven't settled yet for anything less um it it was it, it was just it's been major and it's just like if i didn't have people like you and my friends inspiring me and reminding me and those friends that i can truly say have been raised in the church and by the church it's like yo i would be i wouldn't be as lost but i would just feel like yo i'm really alone but to have people who pray over me pray for me pray with me it's major because when you in us, like how us, we in areas we ain't really too familiar with. So we trying to build a foundation to right. build the lives we want in the areas we want to be in. like And I feel in Delaware, I still have somewhat of a security blanket because New York right there, I got two and a half hours, I'm home. Or I went to school in Delaware, so all my friends are here. So I know the places to go, the people to see what to do, what not to do. And then the Phillies right there. So like it was a comfort zone, but you don't, I've never had, you never have anything grow out of comfort. You have to be uncomfortable for it to grow so as much as like yesterday marked my two years in charlotte which is like wow it happened that fast wow right two years yesterday and it's just like i remember when i was so scared to get on that highway to drive down here when my car was packed and i left that apartment and my mom was like i'll see you during christmas and literally was like yo you're not going to see your mom as much It's just going to really be you. And what what are you going to do with the opportunity God presented? Are you going to take it at full throttle and appreciate the blessing? Because clearly you had to work to be the woman he was ready for you to be in order to get this opportunity. Because he doesn't give you something you're not ready for. So what you going to do with this opportunity? So I think that it's crucial, like you said, to just know that you want to be the person that God wants you to be daily in order to flourish. Like how you said, like, oh, you know, you've been talking to Amanda and all that stuff. People be like, well, I didn't, I'm like, yeah, I don't know because literally my brand I built five years ago, I didn't start, I wasn't taking this seriously. So what I wanted, God was like, you're not ready for it because you're not putting in the work. So until I started putting in the work, he was like, all right, I see you little shorty. I'm going to give you a little something here and there. So it's like, I had to be the woman and like you said, be the man and be the woman God wants you to be because it's like, you're not going to get much out of it if you don't meet him halfway.
1: No, nah, you, you definitely got to, and honestly, it's not even meeting them halfway. You got to meet them all the way. Okay. Um, because. You better correct me. The blessing me. cannot, yeah, the blessing is not going to blossom in the way it was intended, you know, to be for your life unless you are, you know, fully, you know, meeting them. At the invested. End um, yeah, you got to you gotta be invested all the way because if that's the case, then God can just give you you know, uh, have
0: blessing. And that's exactly what you asked for Because you wasn't specific
1: uh, uh-huh.
0: I think Demetra McKinney Said it best when she said um, When she was asked to play Whitney In the Bobby Christina biopic She said my entire life I asked and I prayed about Wanting to do something like this In the words of Whitney Houston But I always say be careful what you pray for Because what you ask for You may just be like dang this is a lot But this is what you wanted So you can't get mad because you were specific about that prayer, but you didn't know in order to bake this cake, oh, everybody want their cake, want to have their cake and eat it too, but you don't want to go ahead and beat the eggs. You don't want to crack them. You don't want to go ahead and get a little dirty. You might not make it, get it right on the first try, and you're not willing to take that step of failure because you just want that perfect cake. It don't work that way.
1: Mm -hmm. So you got to be mindful. Everybody's path to success is different. You can't, you can't look at other Say people. it
0: again. That was a be real bomb right there. Say that again, brother. Say it again.
1: Everybody's path to success is different. You got to run your own race. Um, I remember, you know, speaking to, you know, one of my best friends. Um, you know, he looked at myself and one of our other mutual friends. Um, he was the uh, my homie that recruited me out here in Texas. And he's like, you know, well, what am I doing wrong? And I was like, you're not doing anything wrong. I said, you just got to walk in faith and run your own race. I said, you constantly comparing yourself to us. I said, you you know, what God has intended your life to be for and your purpose in life is different from ours. And I said, that's okay. But I said, you have to accept that. And I said, once you accept that, then you will start to see, you know, the fruits of your labor. And know i i had that conversation with him maybe two three years ago and now you know this boy is you know a store manager you know uh at wawa he's doing this thing he's running you know he got the keys to you know run things and you know he just recently you know proposed you know to his fiance and things in his life are good and you know he always comes back to me he's like you know i can't thank you enough you know for instilling that message in me in terms of just investing in his own self right not only investing in himself but to you know rekindle that relationship with god because that's where it starts
0: that's a fact so do you feel like black boy joy is different in the south compared to the north
1: i don't believe so um i think it all depends on the individual and again like what and where you come from uh you know how you were raised and everything because you know i'd be lying to you if i if i said that you know um i didn't have you know the same black boy joy back home as i do here um you know maybe it's in a different context mm-hmm. but i think i think
0: it all depends on the individual um, your personal experiences and what you've been through that's a fact so and that being said we all know black boy joy is pretty much for our black men and black boys and we had Black Girl Magic for our Black women and Black girls. Why do you feel men truly sometimes go so hard against Black Girl Magic? And like, can we ever just come together? Because I feel like sometimes some Black men be so quick to be like, coming for, i am like, why are you coming for another Black sister? I'm supposed to be uplifting her king? Like, come on now. Why we, why we doing this?
1: Yeah. I, I mean, from my uh, viewpoint, I believe, you know, Black Girl Magic represents power and beauty. So, I'm not sure why a black man would go against that. Um, I think, you know, uh, it should be celebrated and embraced um, and and spread throughout our community uh, more. I don't think it's done enough, Um, but I would personally say that, you know, we as black men should not, we should not be, uh, you know, going against black girl magic. Um, I mean, it's, especially in today's,
0: Society. Okay. Um, say it again. I mean, especially in today's society, you got Camilla Harris. Um, that's
1: something that should be celebrated. That I view as Black Girl Magic. Um, you know, we don't have enough of that, and we need to exhibit more of that. You know, so for you know the young women out there, um, you know the young girls that are growing up, you know, allow them to you know, express that black girl magic, um, in all ways, shapes and forms, um, and for the, you know, young black, you know, uh, men and young boys that are out there, you know, embrace that, um, uh, because, you know, that very same black girl magic is what has brought you up, you know, by way of your mother.
0: Can and, you, you know, say you it know, louder for the, the people in guys, the back?
1: Like, you know, you gotta understand, you know, where your roots are you know, ultimately, you know, started from, you know, you came out of your mother's womb That that is black girl magic in itself. Um, I've seen, you know, often where, you know, black women had the ability to, um, endure pain. Um, <laughs> and you know, they had to-
0: You preaching, you preaching right now.
1: So, <laughs> but you know, we as black men, we should not we should not go against it. Um, you know, we need to stop doing that as, as a black people. We need to be more in unison with one another. And, you know, even if we're not, it's okay, you know, to respectfully disagree to agree. But don't downplay, you know, somebody else's, uh, you know, joy or means of expression.
0: And like Tupac said it best, we all came from a woman, got our name from a woman, and our gang from a woman. I wonder why okay. we rape our women, why we take for our women, why we hate our women.
1: Women, mm-hmm.
0: I just want y'all to remember that yep. Tupac even said himself. So y'all can't even say here in front like, oh, it's just no. This is real live talk. So what do you feel like it would take for us to get to that that one accord for us to be cohesive? Because I just feel like black. Magic joy is what I'm looking towards. You know, when you just make the black girl magic and the black boy joy come together. The black magic joy. Like, it's just phenomenal. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just like, what what, if, what will it take for us to get to that? And I feel like we're starting to get there because of everything going on with, like, the Breonna Taylor, the George Floyd. I feel like we're starting to make steps and strides, especially with this pandemic. Yeah. That's nothing else left we have really to do but to focus on us and our culture. What else do you feel like we can do to implement that, that cohesiveness?
1: Um, I think we need to, you know, understand, you know, our backgrounds, you know, everybody's, everybody's background is different. So, you know, I've always said whenever there is a disconnect, you know, you need to have a roundtable, a roundtable for, you know, people to, you know, express themselves and, you know, talk about, you know, real life issue so if we are to talk about black girl magic and what that means to you know a black man or woman or if we talk about you know black boy joy and what that means to you know um women um you know we should be able to essentially merge those two worlds and understand you know the root from which it was derived um but i think it all starts with the conversation um i think that's where the issue is though
0: mm-hmm. everybody it? grown to so, it's time to communicate
1: <laughs> yeah everybody doesn't know how to communicate um and you know it, it's like i said earlier it's okay to respectfully disagree and agree you know the problem is you know when we as black people communicate sometimes we're very uh we can be very passionate um and as a result our tone of speech may seem aggressive and therefore, mm-hmm. it seems like we're undermining somebody else's, you know, thoughts um, or, you know, what they you know, feel on a certain topic and what their opinion is. And, you know, that's where it all goes wrong. You you have to go in there with the expectation that there are going to be certain things that, you know, you don't like, you don't want to hear. But it's not about you. It's about, you know, the overall, you know, uh, ability to, to move forward. Um you know, as a people, and the sooner that we can communicate better, educate ourselves, you know, be liberated in that we can, you know, not only help our own community but help others, you know, then I think you know you'll start to see that change uh, take place. But um, the the unfortunate part of this is. Um, you know, I, I don't think that's that is going to happen for at least like a generation. Yeah. Like two generations.
0: And I agree with you only um, because it's not even all the communication. It also comes to comprehension as well. Because you can communicate all day. But right. if you ain't comprehending anything I'm saying, it's really like it's me blowing hot air. And I think that's also where we lack as well as a culture because we're only comprehending from the level we want to. Because some of us are real small minded and narrow minded that we're not trying to see on the plethora of the plane of what's being expressed. Because we're just so stuck on what we think and our opinions. We're not receptive to be open to seeing... Like you said, we all have different walks. They might be trying to educate you on something you didn't know, but you just so blocked off. You're you're not able to communicate because you're not trying to comprehend what's being understood. So I feel like I learned... I had to learn that from therapy is... Not everybody's going to think like you. Not everybody's going to speak like you. They're not going to move like you. But be mindful of understanding their story and comprehending their purpose or where their passion is so that there's open dialogue where there's not disrespect being thrown in there in the process. So I agree with you. It's going to take us a little minute, but I think once comprehension, something that's understood as well with the effective communication and its efficiency, I feel like it's bound to happen because even now, like I feel black men sometimes forget about us black women. And like you say, that's where your roots are. And I never understood why black men sometimes feel so much angst and anger towards black women. It it boggles my mind. And then there's some that are capricious about how they feel towards a black woman. And then it's like, well, what side of the fence you on, my brother? Like, what what you trying to do? What message are you trying to convey here? Because you just make yourself look like a fool. I
1: mean, at the end of the day, uh, I feel like, you know, black men and women, we don't have, you know, uh, the protections you know that you would see in you know other races um facts again we are dealing with systemic racism right now you know everybody you know who is of black descent you know how that impacts your everyday life we're numb to it um and you know as much as we you know go through this every day you know you got to understand that you know, the very people that are, you know, enduring these very, you know, uh, similar challenges as yourself are your Black men and women. Um, so, like, you can't, I just, I don't like when, you know, I see our own people, you know, having conflicts um, and, and disconnects and, and, and not accepting people. Like, I, I'm not saying that, you know, there may not be reason for you to feel a way that you feel, uh, but you have to see, you know, you have to see it from a two lane perspective. There, there's two sides of the story always. And um, we got to be better as a people to be more receptive to, you know, um, what other people think um, and how we grew up and why we think the way we, we think. So,
0: I totally agree. So why do you feel that so many black men choose other ethnicity, ethnicity? I, know, I talk ethnicities to marry, outside of the black woman.
1: This is, this is a a, a juicy question here, sis. So
0: I, I feel like <laughs> you know I gotta be a little controversial. I wouldn't be me if I wasn't
1: controversial just a yeah. just
0: a little bit.
1: I mean, and you you know me like. <laughs> And I guess we'll get into that um, later, but um, for me, I think Black men choose other ethnicities to marry, and that's a direct result of what the media portrays in Black culture. Um, You know, me growing up and, you know, listening to music, uh, you had the Beyoncé's, you had the JLo's, but, you know, when you look at like an artist like, you know, Lauren Hill as talented as she was, mm-hmm. she was not the standard for what, you know, black culture would want to portray. Um, and that's, unfortunately, that's just the, you know, the hard truth um, and, and that's why when, you know, you see, you know, black men with, you know, a Spanish woman or, you know, a white woman, um, You know this is all a direct result of you know what the media is you know portraying as success portraying as um you know you being masculine as a black man um you know and as
0: you say this i just want you to know i'm looking at this post directly right now that my business coach posted that says you can't be woke and disrespect black women they don't go together guys just so you know they don't go together
1: Repeat that one more time for the
0: fellas. You can't be woke and disrespect black women. It don't co- it don't correlate, guys. Okay, just 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 a FYI, you know, just throwing that in there. That is that is too true,
1: too true.
0: I said that the irony of me catching this post while I'm talking to my brother on this podcast at this very moment. <laughs> <laughs> the irony, but no, I agree with yes. you because it's all this fascination and. It, it grinds my gears man it's like do y'all know black these these ethnicities they all want you because they just want to have mixed kids and it's they love black I'm gonna tell y'all now this this is a disclaimer excuse my language but they love black dick but don't care about a black life as long as they get what they want out of the, out of the whole deal which is a mixed child. Black lives matter when they want the black dick but other than that the black life don't mean nothing to them because a lot of them have been silent. This entire time this has been going on. Yet and still, you want your child to look so quote-unquote exotic or have that that foreign on your arm to match the foreign car you're trying to get. But you know you're foreign as well, right? Because you know Africa's not from the U.S., right? Okay, great. Just wanted to.
1: Right. Put that out
0: there. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just saying. Because it's so much with this colorism. That's distorted along among men, like you said, with this whole necessity thing. It's like, oh, I want a girl. Y'all have so many qualifications. I want a girl who's light-skinned, you know, you know nice exotic hair, curly hair. But the girl that got the 4C, Kinky Coily, is more financially stable, got her own 700, 800 credit score, well-established, well-rounded, and shorty that got the long hair with, you know, because she's that quote-unquote half-breed, Ain't got nothing to show but a, a Twitter handle in her name and still living in her parents' basement and asking you for money when you can probably have a, a woman who's able to meet you and match you on your hustle. Uh-huh. But because her melanin's is a little bit darker than yours, it's like, I, that's not what my men's is going to say because I can't brag about her like I can do this red bone. Huh? I mean,
1: point, point blank period, says a man is a black man. Let me, let me rephrase that. A black man is only as good as the black woman that is beside
0: Hallelujah! You better say it. You better say
1: so, it. So, I, I hold wholeheartedly agree uh, because only a black woman could, you know, um, be your backbone, you know, in moments when you are, you know, uh, when you're weak, uh, when you're vulnerable. I, I've seen my mom come through time and time again. Uh, my grandmother come through time and time again in my life when I was ready to just give up and I'm like, I don't know how I can even continue to, you know, be a black man in this world. Cause it's not, mm-hmm. it's not easy. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's definitely something where, uh, I can see, you know, light skin privilege, um, and you know, the fame that comes with that. Um, cause it, it seems like, you know, seemingly, Go further with the lighter or hair mm-hmm. in this world. Um, you know, even in corporate America. I
0: there see, we. I knew you was gonna take it there. I knew
1: you was gonna take it there. <laughs> I see it all the time. I mean, you you had the you know the light skinned uh, you know women that had the good hair or you know. Um, I, I really see it as you know that as a prime example, like the hair you know, a light skinned privileged woman is gonna either wear their hair straight or curly. Whereas, you know, and I see, you know, one of, I know one of my friends, you know, she's very in tune with herself at work, but you know, she wears her hair natural and her natural look is is more like, you know, an Afro. Um and, you know, that it seems to be in a sense uh frowned upon.
0: Mm. In the corporate coat you know I know with all my hair you know I know
1: <laughs> yeah I know you do and we have spoken about this okay you? we so sure have I, I I just I just feel like you know no matter whether you're, you're light skin um, you know whether you're fair skin or dark skin you know uh, embrace one your complexion but don't uh, for those that are you know more fair skin or light skin um you know that very privilege that you seem to think you have can easily be taken away. Okay. And, and let me just put it out there that the tides are turning. You got a lot of dark, you know, complexion, um, you know, black women that are, you know, coming on the up and up, um, and you know, getting more notice um, as to you know their influence. Um, but the the problem that I have with that is it shouldn't be, you know. What can this dark, you know, skin tone woman, you know, contribute versus this light, um, you know, dark skinned black woman uh, versus this light, you know, black woman? Um, I, I don't feel like it should be a conversation like that. It should be this black woman.
0: Right. Hey, queen.
1: Um, right. Queen the queen. You know, what can this queen? Right. It should be queen to queen. So um, and then, I mean, look at yourself, sis. You know, you're a Delta. <laughs> you know, um, you me growing, you know, being at HBCU, you had uh, AKAs and you had deltas, um, you know, AKAs were more of the light skinned, um, you know, black women, and you had you know, the deltas, which were more of the fair, you know, skinned or dark skinned black women, and um, you know, I me never really known about you know sororities or uh fraternities until uh, i you know went to the hbcu you definitely see um you know the privilege you know that is amongst uh you know different fraternities and sororities mm-hmm. sure. um based off of complexion uh based off of legacy um uh, there there's so many different angles that you can take that conversation with but um yeah, the privilege is definitely there, but we just need
0: to see each other as kings and queens and not, Period. you know, a light-sing queen or Period. a light queen. That's it. Because in reality, I'm going to just I'm a just say this because I don't care how y'all feel. It's called Just Be Real Podcast. When y'all play chess, the queen is worth nine points. She's the most powerful player on the board. But when you're playing chess, you're playing yeah. with two different color pieces. It's black pieces and white pieces. It's no in-between. Because at the end of the day, the queen is a thing that the king must protect because she is the most powerful piece on the board. I said that to say this, black women are the backbone of everything. The only other person that I want for y'all black men to hear me and hear me real well, a black queen is the only person that's going to understand your struggle as a black man in society because she's just as black as you. She's experiencing what you're doing and probably a little bit more because she is a black woman. So ain't nobody else going to be in your quarter to support you and understand your black heritage and your your experiences and your traumas than a black woman. I'll say that. So let me make that known. So protect us as we protect y'all. Don't come for us when we're over here still when y'all come for us we still protecting y'all. Cuz I don't know if y'all seen any of these pictures from these protests or these riots But just know black women are out there protecting you black kings as we always do. As much as y'all try to give us y'all ass to kiss. Some of y'all, majority of y'all do. Not all of y'all, majority. But keep in mind, we're here to protect you, but we just want the same protection. So if you see another sister, if you see one of the queens walking down the street and some man's harassing her. Hey, yo, that's your point to say, yo, my brother, that's not how we going to do this. Or step in for her and protect her. Don't just stand there and pull out a phone and watch. Do something. Because act like if that was your sister or your mother. You wouldn't want them being harassed. Give that same energy, Kings. That's all I'm asking.
1: Take the same call to action as as a woman would. As a black woman would.
0: And that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Mm -hmm. So why do you feel like black women are just so despised? Because it's kind of like we're literally the bottom of the barrel. And it's even worse when you have it's, your own men that's not even looking at you as a prized pose- a prize possession.
1: I I feel like, you know, this is a answer that varies depending on again. It's subjective and, and, and experiences. It's, it's very subjective. Um but I think it's a, a two sided coin. Like, you know, black women are very strong and, and passionate and like we black men may say hey well we want a black woman to be this um, but in media they're portrayed as this um, and it's like you can't have both sides you can't have your cake and eat it too so mm-hmm. if, if you have you got you know um, the Cardi B's and the Beyonce's and all that out there like you know they, they portray uh, you know sophistication they portray you know intelligence they portray you know uh, that sexy uh, sex appeal, um, and you know as a as a black man, you know we want all of that, um, but you know sometimes a black woman is just gonna be vocal and be like, "You ain't gonna get this right now." Okay, <laughs> period. So, um, and you know it's I think it's those things where you know um, a black man you know may despise a black woman because they're not submissive
0: Um, Mm. i.e people like uh, me
1: yeah (laughs) they're they're not going to be as submissive as a (laughs) as as a white woman or you know a spanish woman um you know you you look at you know the way uh, a black woman you know uh raises their their child um in comparison to um you know a uh, a Spanish woman or a white woman, and the hardships that are or aren't there, um you know what has to be endured, uh, what they need to sacrifice mm-hmm. uh, you know, Save it's, that. It's, it's a it's a total it's, it's a totally different ball game in terms of what a black woman brings to this world and their influence, and we just need to see that um, but the the problem is it's always been there. Um, and for us to not really see it or to just be seeing it now, um, is definitely a problem and and an issue that needs to be addressed. So we got to do better. Um, but for the black women that are out there that have been doing this all this time, you know, continue to do that, um, you know, and, and be vocal about it, you know, don't walk in silence, um, you know, continue to be your authentic black girl magic. So,
0: Okay. So now that we're talking about Black Girl Magic, how has dating been for you since you've been in Texas? (laughs)
1: Lord, it's been a journey. (laughs) It's definitely been a journey. Uh, I've learned a lot about, you know, myself um, as a man and, you know, how I can be, you know, more of a a companion to another, Um, you know, me seeing where I have my flaws and working on them and then you know I guess just enjoying you know the dating process Um, Mm -hmm. dating should be fun you know sometimes I I feel like people look at dating as you know a a risk reward um and that's right more of a risk that's right more of a risk than a reward because you know yeah we've all been heartbroken um you know yeah we've you know been you know long tenured relationships and everything like that um or somebody you know led you on um you know to think that you know you know this is going to be you know the person that you'll be with for the rest of your life um but i think um and i know michael todd i had read his relationship goals book so for anybody that has not read that you know definitely uh grab that book it's a great book uh, and read But one of the things that I took away from that book is he said that you need to be um, either intentional uh, with your dating or recreational. And Mm. you need to define what the terms of that looks like and simply communicate that. Because it's one thing if you are starting out as recreational um, and, you know, you grow to, you know, have intentional feelings for that person over time. It's another thing for you to be intentional from the get-go and then treat somebody as if they are just, you know, a side piece or, um, you know, recreationally. So, um, for me, the dating has definitely been, uh, it's, it's been a journey. Um, you know, I've i have had, you know, good experiences um, and I've had bad, you know, as you know, sis, I definitely had a bad one. Ooh, child. Um, mm, her, yeah, um, her. Yeah. Her. (laughs) Her. But, you know, I, you know, one of the things that, you know, I I take away, you know, from that lesson was, and and this is just who I am, you know, personally, you know, me to have always been like a gentleman. Um, You know, I can't put all my eggs in one basket. Um, And it's okay to, you know, you're either single or you're, you know, in a relationship or you're married. There's no in-between, there's no situationships or anything like that, which is why I go back to, you know, your approach in terms of how you date. Are you dating intentionally or are you dating recreationally? And you should be able to define those terms and have that conversation with the person that you are pursuing um, or getting to know. And, you know, from there, you know, it, it should be, you know, as if they, you know, just effortlessly, you know, mend and merge into your world. Wow. Definitely. It, it should be organic. It should definitely be organic. But you know, one day at a time. Um, I'm not in a rush for that. You know, I you know I will never ever settle. You
0: know, <laughs> we don't settle do that.
1: So that I'm in that. Nah, I don't do that. So you know, when the right one comes, um, you know.
0: She'll I come and then you know I'll scope her there. out and make sure she's right and you know do my little do my little sister check and then you know we'll go from there. Absolutely. <laughs>
1: Going. You're gonna do your interrogation.
0: <laughs> you know, because you know, I that's what I'm here for. But like you said, speaking Absolutely. on journey, how's it being a Howard you alum, you know, having the having that journey, as you said, going to a an HBCU and being the first in your family, do you feel going to the top HBCU prepped you well enough for your real life as a black man in the world to face the adversity?
1: I say yes and no to that. Um yes in the sense that, you know, you're gonna gain you know, um, a lot of black perspective uh, of what it means to be, you know, um, black in this world as a man or woman and how to uh, hold yourself, um, you know, accountable um, and, you know, how you portray yourself and uh, to others. Like, you know, you and I both know working in corporate America, you know, that, you know, we, you know, definitely are pro-black, but we can't be that.
0: Person, mm-hmm. at work. Um,
1: so
0: I gotta be and, Jessica you know, at work. I can't be Jess. Yeah,
1: right. I gotta be Anthony at work. You know, I can't be you know AP. Um, you know, I, I feel like you know that is a you know lesson um, that you know I always you know cherish, um, to have learned that because I've learned how to you know essentially flip the switch on and off. when I I can be black and when I don't need to be black, um, you know, the quicker you're able to discern that, the better, you know, but going to an HBCU, that definitely has prepped me, um, you know, to be able to uh, be either, um, you know, Anthony or AP. Um, But at the same time, the world that we live in today, you can never prep yourself enough um, for the unfortunate realities that we gotta face on a daily basis.
0: Yep, that's um, true. That's real true.
1: So you know, it's it's really just everybody goes through things. Um, you know, they have they gain different experiences. Um, and you know, for me, I definitely you know have faced police brutality. I faced racial profiling. I've been stereotyped, um, the whole nine.
0: And And that's crazy. I was just about to ask you too. Like, have you experienced like systematic racism or oppression at any point?
1: Oh yeah. I mean, I I experience you know stereotype, you know, being you know, stereotyped at work (laughs) all the time. You know, me being in in an associate managerial capacity. You know, the way my tone of speech is, I have to, you know, watch that sometimes. But sometimes, you know, I feel like you know our opinion our views um are downplayed you know at work and i am sure you know this i agree
0: oops listen when
1: when that happens you know you have to speak up more and the problem though is when we speak up more that is viewed as you know us being violent or angry or aggressive um and i have a, a very big problem with that and then you know it wasn't too long ago um i remember I had to renew my registration, um, you know, here at te- in Texas. And it was, like, right before the 4th of July. And no sooner than, you know, I renewed it. I told myself, you know, I want to renew it because I don't want no cop pulling me over just because. And sure enough, like, I'm, I'm riding, you know, um, to just make a quick errand um, and run to Walmart. And, you know, as I was passing by, you know, the shopping center, um, you know, cop literally had somebody else pulled over they had their lights on turned their lights off and i guess they were at the point of which they were like done you know giving them a citation or whatever and sure enough they start rolling out of the shopping center and then here they are pulling me out and In that moment you know to be you know very honest like it's not like i was going above the speed limit or anything like that you know but i have a you know all blacked out car, um, tinted windows, everything. So, you know, they immediately pulled me over and they didn't just pull me over and, you know, hindsight of other people, you know, um, to see, you know, me as well, they pulled me over in a secluded area. And- um, And that's
0: scary. You know,
1: it's it's very scary, um, especially for myself, you know, being in Texas and in the South, um, you know, that was the first time that I got pulled over. Um, you know, out here at all. And, you know, knowing, you know, all the different stories that I've heard or what I would see on TV or and whatnot, in terms of how cops act in the South, you know, I was, I was fearful for my life. Um, And, you know, it was a, it was a woman cop, you know, uh, she was white and, you know, it's like, you didn't pull me over because I was speeding. You didn't pull me over because of anything, but yet, you know, you're pulling me over, and then not only pulling me over, but you had, a, you know, um, you basically thought that your life was fearful just because I'm a black man, and you had to call exactly backup, right? And Extra. she brought in another cop, and I'm just like, "Are you serious?" I'm like, you know, what is the problem here? Um, and again, you know, that's where you know me going to HBCU or you know being in the corporate environment and you know knowing how to or just the way i was raised and you know uh, by my parents of uh, you know how to um you know represent yourself in in moments where you are pulled over by a cop um you know you got to speak a certain way you got to have your hands up yep. on the wheel um you got to let them know your every move and action yep. before you do it so they don't assume um but you know unfortunately you know, but
0: that's what they derive systematic. from, though. They derive because of yeah. police force created from slave catchers. That's, that's what they really... That's what that badge really stands for. But we're not going to get into that today. We're just not going to do it. Because that's too much history for y'all on this yeah. Sunday. But like I agree with you. like, like Even what you saying, like I feel like even DSU prepped me, but it didn't prep me fully to its extent. Um, and like you said, I'm, me being a Delta, like one of my own sorors who's on the force and works for the federal government as a federal officer was pulled over in Alabama by another officer who was you know local and it's all because she's driving this truck and she rolls down her window because she looks has a masculine demeanor he assumed she was a man but mind you she's wearing her uniform so she's in her blue she was like the first thing she said was this would have this would have went totally different if i didn't have this 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 uniform on because the first thing would have done is went into that compartment in, into that glove compartment or pulled it up into the middle of the console and seen that gun and automatically cuz they seen that gun they would have not even thought twice and they would have the headlines would have said officer reported dead because of uh, you know a gun that they seen and whole time he didn't know if he would have looked any further my badge is underneath that gun so officer shot by another officer You see what I'm saying? Like, even us wearing our colors of being a part of the blue team, you're not even safe with that.
1: Nah, but, you know, here if there's one thing that I would want to put out there for those that are black in law enforcement, please use your voice. You know, you, they're the ones that are closer to these issues and see, you know, day after day, please use your voice. You know, I understand that it may not be easy. I understand that. You know, you may be criticized for it. I understand that it may affect ranking. Um, but please use your voice. It, it matters more than ever right now because they see this systemic racism and oppression every day and how it's impacting us. Um, and the only way for you know us to stop it is for us to use our voice. I think it's one thing for you know you to use your voice and like i've been telling a lot of people you know these protests have been amazing because it highlights the issue uh, but now we need to take the call to action from highlighting this issue and actually create systemic change and um you know the only way that you can do that is um you know starting with yourself and you know if it means you having these you know uh hard conversations with people um then then do that um i, I feel like you know there's a bucket in which you look at, you know, the systemic racism and how people are, you know, acting on them. You have, um, you know, those that are well aware of what's going on and they're using their voice, you know, as a, as a tool. You have those that um, are well aware of it and choose not to use their voice. And then you have those that choose not to know right from wrong. And those are, you know, those people, you know, generationally that you know, um, have been racist. Um, and there's nothing that you can do about that time. Um, can only get rid of those people cause you're not going to change their mind. And, and, that's a and fact. it's really not even about, it's not even about changing, you know, people's mindset is, it's really just about understanding that, you know, equal opportunity is not given, you know, to us, to, you know, other minorities and other races, unless you are, you know, white, um, white supremacy is real and you know law enforcement you know uh, in terms of police brutality they're the ones that need to be to the forefront of these laws being changed and you know when they can use um you know excessive force or what that looks like you know should there be excessive force at all um they need to be to you know at the forefront of those issues because they see it all the time so i just want to put that out there
0: and that's that's major and that's key um, because at the end of the day you might be going blue Lives Matter, but when you take off that uniform, you're still black. So that's not black gonna change. So definitely keep in mind what he said. So before we wrap up, I have one more question that's burning for me because I know' it's, I already could think I know the answer, but what legacy are you trying to leave for your future kids? Like what are, what are you trying to build now for your kids be like yo, that's my pops or yeah, that was my grandfather like to carry on your name
1: um to leave something in people not just for people mm,
0: okay and
1: so you know for me you know i know i've you know there's a lot of different uh things that i feel like i'm talented at, but you know there's one thing um that i think stands out you know about myself um um I'm, I'm very very loyal um and if there's ever a point in time that anybody ever needs me um, you know I, will I
0: can i can i can stand behind that statement for a fact
1: so you know instilling in my kids um, you know certain tenets of life um or you know um what life is you know as uh black princes and, and princesses uh, i want to leave my children with a better life than you know i had and Um, That takes nothing against, uh, you know, what my parents, you know, have given me and provided me because uh, they've given me more than enough, you know, than I can ask for, a lot more than other people may have. But uh, I want to show my children that your impact in this world is leaving something in people or in this world than necessarily for the people. Um, So, you know, especially, again, what we're going through in this world with systemic racism, you know, be that change, create that change. Um, I was—I had a very proud moment as a big brother. Uh, my youngest brother, uh, Miles, he uh, had basically—you um, know—led a protest, you know, back at home. And I, I, if there's one thing that you
0: better go ahead, you know, Miles.
1: I, yeah, I, I was—I was so so proud of him. Um, and then, you know, my other brother, um, he works at you know, Lockheed Martin Dallas, and, you know, he was trying to make, um, you know, impact and change by, you know, um, changing the way, you know, they had these different groups, um, BRGs, as we call them, business resource groups. He said, we shouldn't have BRGs for, you know, Spanish people and black people and, you know, um, and all that, he said, we should just have one BRG because at the end of the day, we're one race. Um, And, you know, He's been making changes that way. And also, you know, trying to make an impact in terms of, you know, the education of, you know, voting, you know, how to get your voter's registration card, what that looks like. And, you know, how these, you know, corporate companies, when you look at, you know, different black communities that, you know, they're able to, you know, touch and impact, you know, how they can leave a mark as a company Uh, in these black communities not just by way of money because that's easy um but you know actually you know providing substance um and and i think that's really the key word you know Mm -hmm. what substance what substance are you leaving behind for your life
0: right that's so true
1: in this world
0: that is so true wow this has been like one of the deepest episodes i've had probably on this podcast which i enjoy because you know i know i'm always fun and quirky and crazy but you know i i like to have real convo too so this has been amazing bro i am so thankful for you to even join me today on this podcast it's been so refreshing so refreshing um yes. this is a, these are conversations we really have offline for all y'all who don't know all the time like this is how we were able to even connect to where we have this bond we got now so like this is this is this is normal us but thank you so much ap for joining me for giving us some insight for being so open for dialogue um let the people know where they can find you keep up with you give them, let, let them know absolutely
1: So first, I just want to say thank you for having me Um, again. You know, this has been reinvigorating, you know, for us to have this dialogue um, because these are topics that are very important, uh, you know, to speak on. Um, And again, I'm I'm so, so proud uh, of what you're doing and how your podcast is coming to fruition right now. So um, for anybody that, you know, wants to follow me, um, my Instagram is uh AP the number three N N uh, Y wise? So, a penny wise. Um, and um, you can certainly find me, you know, on LinkedIn as well. Um, full name Anthony Penny. Um, you know, definitely reach out. I'm always, you know, open to um, helping you know other you know black professionals succeed in their career. Um, you know, it's something that I, I'm definitely passionate about. So, definitely reach out to me. And then, you know, as uh, my sister said earlier, you know, we're big on music, and I've been building uh, a playlist for at least three years. Yes. Um, probably has about like 600 songs. And for those of you who don't know, you know what this playlist is about. um, You know, I'm I'm young with the old soul. So
0: we both are. Um, That's how we I connect. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, you know, I appreciate, you know, the classics, but also appreciate, you know, the remaking of these yes. classics and how they've been sampled. So I created a playlist called Past Meets Present. Um, it's basically, you know, songs that, you know, where you have the classic songs. Um, so like, you know, Patrice Russian, uh, Forget Me Not. And Don't
0: give them published. too much, bro. Just tell them uh, where to find it so they can go look for themselves. Right. Don't give them too much. Don't give them too much. Gotta, Don't give them too I, much. I, I
1: won't give them too much. <laughs> just a little tidbit, you I, know definitely go find it. Definitely go find it. So um, feel free to reach out to me. And again, says thank you for having me on here.
0: This I I appreciate awesome. you. I appreciate you. But this was Black Boy Joy. I, you. I hope y'all enjoyed it. I'm super proud of you as well. I look all the time. i will be proud. You know, I'm like that's my brother. That's my brother. But um, <laughs> you know, as we always say on air, let's keep it real that was black boy joy with my brother ap aka anthony penny um i thoroughly enjoyed the conversation with him it was so refreshing to speak with him and just chime in um i hope you guys got a lot of insight hope it's a little different than what you know our normal conversations a little more serious but always keep it real and as i always say be real be true and always be Unapologetically, you peace, love, and blessings. Continue to stay safe. I love you, fam. Now all eyes on me. Cause I'm young, black, and gifted. Nina, all eyes don't see. If you swung back when faced with a challenge that's meant to break you and balance skills, you ain't average. Now throw your hands on three. Go put them up for black magic, black excellence, black habits, this black medicine. Everything black. black church, black church, everything. Everything black. black hug, black love, everything. Praise like Jesus, play like Moses. Give them flowers while they still get like roses. Everything black try, black, black ride, everything. Everything black. black pride, black lives, everything.